Welcome, dear listeners, to another episode of Movie Mastery. It's the podcast where we watch and review the movies that you suggest. I'm, of course, your host, John. And over here, another host is Jeff. That's me. Yes. (laughs) That's right. We're here. We watched a movie. It was bad. We're here to tell you about it. It was called Tiptoes. Yes, it was. It was called Tiptoes. This one is one of the ones that I've actually heard of. That's a double meaning on that name, you know. Yeah, just the tip of the toes. When you think about it, it's really a a very deep title. Yeah, I'll give you a deep title. Uh. Deep Impact. Yeah. Deepwater Horizon. Uh, I can only do those two. (laughs) Event Horizon. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Are we just just doing word association movie titles now? Is that it? No, we're doing build a title. Good. Great. Event Horizon. Event Horizon Golden Pond. (laughs) Uh, So, Tiptoes is a movie from... 2000 and what was it four 2004 you can tell from everything kate beckinsale ever wears (laughs) (laughs) man she is going full star wars in this one let me tell you that she is she is straight up just gunning for that queen of naboo position nine times out of ten she's dressed like that henchman in the first guardians of the galaxy movie that dies when she tries to grab the infinity stone (laughs) yeah she she is 100% the collector's concubine. Yeah, or like a background prostitute from the movie Go. (laughs) It's one of those. One of them. Make your pick. What I'm saying is she has a lot of chokers that are somehow connected to her dress. Yeah, and just hair that is (laughs) stupid. Just like, oh, look, I turned my hair into Mickey Mouse ears. You're like, all right, sure. Her haircut is basically the inspiration that Dead Mouse used (laughs) when he first came up with his mask. He was like, I want to look like this. I want to look like I've got old Gary Oldman Dracula's butt haircut. (laughs) Uh, So Tiptoes from 2004 is a movie about, how do I even explain this? It's about little people. Well, it's. It's not even about little people. It's about Kate Beckinsale. Like, to a couple's reaction to little people, essentially. Uh, well, if you want to boil it down to, a, I guess, the through line, it's it's that Matthew McConaughey is raised in a family of dwarves, but he himself is not a dwarf. And then he gets married, or not, not even married, he just uh, has a, a girlfriend, and they have a kid together, and he keeps it a secret from her that his family is dwarves until it's too late. And then she finds out, and she is briefly concerned about it. And then she comes around to it, but he doesn't. And then the movie ends with the two of them kind of separate. Also, Gary Oldman is there as a little person. Yeah. I mean, this isn't for anyone who has listened to us for a while. This is not as bad as, say, Soul Man. No. Which was like, not only someone pretending to be something they aren't, but like, offensively terrible about it. Whereas this is just like, dude, you have employed like, almost every single little person actor that exists and yeah the only one that wasn't there was uh Vern Troyer yeah we didn't get Vern we didn't get fucking uh what's his nuts uh, oh, uh yeah you're right I'm sorry uh, we didn't get him either uh Warwick Davis Warwick Davis yeah so, so and there, are, there are a couple others that I would recognize that I don't know the name of but I'm like oh I know you you've been in a shitload of stuff well yeah you had the the strange man from the Black Lodge or whatever his name is from uh from Twin Peaks is in this yeah he was in there you had of course fucking... you had Dinklage you had Bridget the Midget yep yeah in a serious role by the way that was that was fairly neat oh yeah she was just 
regular old acting, like nothing weird but, going on. But the star one, the most important little person in the movie, because you'd have to reserve a role like this for a little person actor that's believable and carries a great deal of gravita and weight, is Gary Oldman doing a dwarf impression. Yeah, just like very recognizably just walking around on his knees. Yes. Like they gave him uh, a cane and he had like a hunch. And the only reason I think they did that is because they could try and write off why look walking around on your knees looks stupid. And why his jacket looks like it's like way too big for him because they had to, they did, they used the jacket and they put the hunch in there for him. The, the hunch is done with makeup and it's just, it looks ridiculous. It looks like Gary Oldman on his knees. Yeah. It's just, Oh, you, you decided to have Gary Oldman walk around on his knees with like some shoes on him like you would do as a like goof as a kid. Which is weird because Gary Oldman on his knees, his his hands drag on the ground. He doesn't look like a dwarf in the slightest. No. So that's that's just a weird choice they made. I <laughs> and don't it's know. especially weird given that he is playing, you know, opposite Peter Dinklage, who is given the worst role ever in oh, this yeah. movie. I swear, it, it's like they wrote Peter Dinklage in when they were like, oh man, that station agent movie, that, that this guy's bit, we gotta get him in the movie if we're gonna do a movie about little people. Let's just write any random thing and have him be in the movie a bunch doing nothing. Let's, let's just basically make a character off of improv suggestions and then go with that. Frenchman! Okay, great, and a uh, profession? Biker! What? Uh, yeah. Marxist! All right, great, sure, let's do that. Uh, okay. And a location. The American Southwest, I think? Uh, all right. Who knows? Yeah, the goddamn... Okay, you know what? We are going to be right back with the actual play-by-play on this. Just know, man, this is dumb as hell. Yeah, don't say this. Yeah. All right, we will be right back with more Tippity Tiptoes. Shelf booty, you know, the kind of booty where you could like place a cup on it. Oh, is that what that is? I had not heard that expression for booty before. Yeah, shelf booty. Which is weird because you know my predilections towards booty. I know, that's why I was amazed you had not heard the term shelf booty before. I get, yeah. I, I figured you were talking about like top shelf booty. Oh, the toppest of shelf. Okay. Tiptoest of shelf. <laughs> Tip, tippy toe top. Yeah, so uh, this movie is about tippy toe. So let's uh, let's Squirrel do Girl's <laughs> companion. Yeah, and and her triumphant uh, replacement of the original Squirrel Girl, Squirrel Friend, Monkey Joe. Yep. Uh, oh, oh, tippy toe. You, you can tell which one she is, even in the massivest of squirrel shots, because she has a little pink bow. Yeah, and she's an important and dynamic character that appears regularly in the actual Squirrel Girl comic, which I hope to God is not canceled already. Because every good comic that Marvel does is get, gets canceled so they can do more Captain America is a Nazi stuff these days. Oh, yeah. They're like, what, what is this, comic about a black guy? Nah, nah, nah we're nah. good. We're good. What, what, what have you done, two issues of this? Nah, canceled. Canceled, yeah. It didn't immediately respond the way we were hoping. Hey, how's uh, how's the entire world hating our, our main storyline going? A lot. Every, everyone hates it? All right, great. Well, keep going. Well, good. We can't stop. We got to keep this going. Captain America is a Nazi. That's, that's what we're doing now. We're stuck with it. Uh, fuck anyway. you. Fuck you, Marvel Comics. Fix it. For God's sake, have Black Bolt say Hail Hydra to him. <laughs> That's the solution everyone wants. Oh, man. So, Tiptoes. Tiptoes is is a movie. 
And the uh, let's, man, let's take it from the top. There's two dwarves driving around the desert in ridiculous Mad Max tricycles. Yeah, they've got just man. I'm not even gonna say they're terrible because I was looking at that. I'm like, dude, that's actually kind of rad. The one Peter like Dinklage a tricycle has tricycle motorcycle. Yeah, the one Peter Dinklage has is sort of rad because it looks like it's an off the rack sort of two seat with one seat above the other one kind of cool looking tricycle bike situation, but. The one Gary Oldman is driving around in is straight up like a wagon that someone put an engine on. <laughs> like, it, it just looks ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, the Dinklage bike is primo. Yes. I can understand how he would pick up some amazing trim like Patricia Arquette. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So the movie starts with the two of them cruising down the road in the what looks like the American Southwest or something, and then they pull over for a second to have themselves a piss, in, in which we are introduced to the camera trick of, you never see all of Gary Oldman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are maybe like a handful of shots mm-hmm. where you get a full-body Gary Oldman, and it's always from the back. Yeah, so they can use some other little person to play him. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Dinklage is there all the way in uh, cornrows. God damn it. He's got some cornrows. Luckily, in this scene, he's got a motorcycle helmet on. But even then, you can see him. You can tell he's got cornrows in there. They're dangling out the back. And my God, he has the worst fake French accent. <laughs> like, it's it's pretty much Monty Python levels of French accent is what we're going with. Uh, you know, it's the funny thing is I, I'm fully willing to believe that, that Dinklage can do a good French accent and that he was given about eight minutes to prepare for this film. Oh, yeah. It's, it's probably what happened. They that were like, or he, he looked minute. at it, saw that Gary Oldman was the star, and was like, oh, well, fuck you guys then. What the hell is this? How am I second on the cash sheet? You know what? Fuck you. I'm, I'm going full Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, we need to get to this uh, convention. Oh. So they're driving along, and they see a woman get kicked off a Greyhound bus in the middle of nowhere. Which does not happen. That is, you, can you imagine the shit you have to do to get ki- kicked off a Greyhound bus? I think you have to kill, I think, more than one other passenger. Yeah, no, I was like, the only way this happens is if you are actually for reals violent. Yeah. But no, Patricia Arquette is just, like quirky at best yeah she's like the bad side of a manic pixie dream girl in this movie she's she's that uh i'm kind of a hippie stereotype of like oh i I like healing and i want to heal the world and i i've got energy and you've got an aura and i'm like okay great yeah sure and she spends the whole movie wearing silver clothes yeah yeah reflective silver clothes she has fake white ass dread or uh what do you call it like a weave she's got them tight braids yep and she just looks terrible. Like, I mean, if Patricia Arquette's not a bad-looking person, they've put her in a terrible outfit. Oh, yeah. She just looks awful, and Dinklage immediately just picks her up. Just drives over and thumbs to the seat on his bike. He's like, eh. Hey, get on my bike, eh? Hey, do you want to ride, eh? Pretty lady, get on the bike, eh? And then Oldman pops up next door and is like, "Dude, come on! Don't, don't, don't pick up that lady. This is stupid. Don't, don't even. Don't do that. What are you doing?" And he's you like, "You just saw her get out, kicked off a Greyhound bus. You there's have, no way she's not some kind of murderer. She probably tried to set up a meth lab on the bus. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's nothing else you could do that would get you kicked off a Greyhound. I can't imagine a thing. No, the average contents of a Greyhound are a bunch of people killing each other and or falling asleep because of drugs. That's, yeah, that's that's all. There's like, I there's." What was she doing? She must have been making fun of the depressed people. Man, there you could get on a Greyhound bus and 
scream at the top of your lungs nonstop the entire ride. They aren't kicking you off. No, nothing. You could you could do spend the entire time turning your your seat beneath you into a swimming pool of urine, and they wouldn't kick you off a Greyhound bus. No. They'd probably give you a bonus or something. <laughs> Thank you for sterilizing the seat. Discount off your next ride. Good job. <laughs> Thank you for not wasting water in our in-room bathroom. <laughs> I So, but anyway, uh, this is our first chance to hear uh, friggin' Dinklage talk, at which point he says, Hey, go on without me, eh? I will stay here and pick up a baguette. <laughs> I mean, not really, but... <laughs> Oh, God, I wish that was true. I 100% wish that in addition to him, like, instead of him just being a ridiculous radical Marxist, yeah. his whole thing was just stupid French stereotypes. amazing. You go on ahead. I am going to buff this lady. When I get there, please have bought me already a fig. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. When we get there, we will have lunch. A cigarette and a cup of coffee. <laughs> the traditional French lunch. <laughs> I, but, okay, so... Meanwhile, because that's the end of the scene with these two, we cut to uh, Kate, Kate Beckinsale, Beckinsale and Matthew McConaughey in love. Yeah, Kate Beckinsale is doing a giant painting of flowers because she is apparently a painter. Yes. This will be the only time we see her painting. Yes, she does. She has a 20 foot across painting of roses, which I assume she's going to get paid a shit ton of money for because they live, I shit you not, on the stage where Rent is, is performed. <laughs> they are... Straight up in some warehouse that got turned into a mansion. Yes. Like, it's all just like open space, like second floor loft options and spiral staircases going up to them made of wrought iron. Yeah, it is insanity and everything is open. It, it, it looks like someone is putting a play on here. Yes, that is all. It looks just looks like open theater is happening all the time in their lives. And uh, so she's painting and McConaughey's coming up and he's like, hey, I got a I got a thing to go to. And. Does the first ridiculous, unbelievable thing in this movie, which is he refuses a blowjob from Kate Beckinsale so that he can be like two minutes earlier to a convention he's going to. <laughs> yeah. No, I really got to go now. No, sweetie. no, I got to go now, honey. I, I really, I got to go now. No, you don't understand. Time is a flat circle. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I stay the same age and you keep getting older. Yes, you do. <laughs> Uh, by the way i'm a vampire in this movie <laughs> just so you know now you've got to fight me obviously because you're kate beckinsale <laughs> it is weird to not see her in black leather and contacts isn't it right i didn't realize that was kate beckinsale for like a while because <laughs> she's pretty much only in underworld movies now yeah that's basically the only thing i've seen her in yeah so if she doesn't have her ice blue contacts and her black leather cassock it's kind of hard to tell who she is but here she is in I, I, Spice Girl co- cosplay? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's, she looks like Sporty Spice trying to do a painting. Yeah. So she tries to blow him to keep him to staying longer or to at least get him to tell her where he's going. And he shoots all of that down. Yeah, he does. And then <laughs> and then he shows up at this convention. And it's it's a dwarf convention because he's going to see his family. And his parents are there. And his dad is the guy from Twin Peaks. And, uh... Fucking David Allen Greer is like the MC of the event. Yeah, Dag's in this movie. He has, I want to say, one spoken line in this film. Yeah, he shows up again later, but he says, like, a thing at the convention that they go to. Yeah, and, and then, then nothing he later. He shows up in the background later. Yeah, that's, it's so weird. He's, he's like some kind of celebrity. Yeah, they're like, oh, it's whoever, and they say his name, and I'm like, okay, sure. Yeah, so he's like the MC for this, this uh, little people convention. And, uh, and and so 
he like introduces the band and is like, "Hey, I hope you all have a good time." That's there you go. That's David Allen Greer. That's they paid for that. Yeah, they, they paid, paid that they pa- dag money. <laughs> they had that dago dag money, and, and <laughs> they, they gave him a dag wood. <laughs> they, this must have been a scale job for dag. So <laughs> so he's in here, and okay. So at this point, we start getting introduced to other characters. Uh, we get introduced to the parents and immediate uh, family, like the nephews and so on, yeah. of uh, Matthew McConaughey, and we also learn that Matthew McConaughey is Gary Oldman's twin brother. Yes. Uh, Gary Oldman and Dinklage show up late, mm-hmm. and, oh my god. The ridiculous Dinklage thing, right? Okay, so Dinklage is like, hey, I'm going to go inside and get some food, and for some reason, uh, Gary Oldman's like, hey, don't get kicked out of here for trying to steal food. Man. And he then, talks like a Vietnam vet all the way through this movie, and I'm not quite sure I understand why. I, yeah, it's, it's weird, because he doesn't sound like you know mcconaughey or anyone else in the family oh no one ever sounds like mcconaughey well no but he's he's doing some accent that is not what anyone else is doing he's doing a lieutenant dan accent yeah that's that's literally what he's doing he's like he's like hey man don't you all get kicked out of there now for stealing food now you know (laughs) you get down kicked out and food first of all they're they're going to a convention that they have been invited to and have tickets to Yes. And, yeah, and I assume food is... Pr- I, I, how are they going to steal food? Exactly. What food do they... Uh, I must. They must have worked out of their way to like break into a, a like vending machine or something. I have no idea what's happening yeah, here. Because what happens is, like, Oldman and McConaughey start talking for maybe two minutes. Yes. Maybe. Yeah. And they're like, hey, uh, are you going to come inside? I don't know. I'm pretty tired. Oh, I'm just going to go somewhere else. And then after two minutes, fucking Arquette and Dinklage are thrown out and they're like oh we got thrown out for trying to get food and i'm like what it has been two minutes you you barely have time to make it to the table of food and begin putting it somewhere before you were kicked out yes it like, you would have had to go in there grab the like tablecloth by the edges and to try to steal the entire display for this to happen yeah so basically the patricia arquette gets her first lines in this scene which is uh, when Oldman's like, hey, now, don't y'all now steal no food now. Oh, you can't steal food. It comes from Mother Earth, and it's free for everyone. And God wants us to have food. Uh, so I guess her whole thing is that she's just sort of a freeloading shit heap. Yeah. Um, anyway, they get kicked out and start heading for a motel, and so does... I'm still not exactly sure why Gary Oldman even came to this, if he's too tired to go to it. Yeah, he was like, well, I'm going to drive on a weird motorcycle. 400 miles. Here. And then I'm going to go, nah, I don't want to go inside. I'm just going to go to a hotel. Uh, why? I, so they go to a random hotel. Even though Oldman is, all the way through this movie, Oldman is portrayed as like the responsible, thoughtful individual. Yeah. Like that's the idea behind him. He's like, he's he's realistic. He's, he's, a, he, he's a novelist. He's a realistic novelist who lives with his parent in his parents' cabin. And he's supposed to be like the serious, thoughtful guy, right? But he doesn't have a planned hotel room. So they go to some flophouse motel. Yeah, they go to a hotel that I think I have actually been to. I recognized that hotel in yeah. Hollywood. I have been there. Mm-hmm. It's basically a shithole, yes. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we need a room. Oh, we don't give rooms to prostitutes. Great. Right. What the fuck is that? It's like a cheap, shitty motel where there are people fighting outside, and the guy's like, no rooms for prostitutes. And you're like, well, okay, they have money. And they have Patricia Arquette, who, yes, is wearing some short shorts and a silver top, but come on. 
You don't care, man. What, don't just randomly accuse people of being prostitutes, and you don't care. And then he also takes some time out of his busy schedule of being a shitty landlord to insult them. Oh, yeah, he's like, okay, I'll make you a deal for a room for one adult and two children. And I'm like, dude, you own this place. Someone wants to give you money. You're not doing that. Why are you wasting time? So they go to the room, and it turns out, of course, that that, uh, that uh, Dinklage wants to bone Patricia Arquette. Yep. And Gary Oldman's like, now, whatever y'all do now, don't y'all start fucking, because I'm trying to get some sleep. God. The the weird thing about this is summarizing the plot, I've realized, is basically just a bunch of disconnected scenes that don't matter. Because it's, it's like, hey, what happened here? Is this going to be important later? Not really. No, because what happens here is... Dinklage gets hurt while trying to have sex because he is not taking care of himself as a little person. So he's got herniated discs and 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 shit going and ulcers and shit that he that and he's just drinking like morphine and bourbon or some mor- shit. Morphine and cognac. Ah, yes, because he's French. Because he's French. Yes. So he's drinking cherry flavored children's morphine and cognac, <laughs> which apparently is described as smooth. Oh yeah, yeah. And so, but he gets hurt real bad and and and. Uh, Gary Oldman comes out and kind of explains it in a brusque term. He's, terms. He's just like, oh, yeah, he's just got, you know, little people shit, herniated disc or whatever. He's too fucking stupid to take care of himself. Yeah. And then this is the scenes in this. Gary Oldman goes to a random other little person's house because I guess they used to date. Yeah. The the transition here is very weird. He's like, oh, I can't, I guess, deal with like Dinklage being in pain. So I'm going to go. See if I can crash at my ex's place. And, and she is basically, obviously, a little person, like, escort, right? Because, I mean, her house is straight up set up so that her bedroom is the is the the room in which business is done. <laughs> she has one of those beds that's like, this bed costs by the hour. Yeah, but I think the whole point of it is not so much that she's an escort, but that she's supposed to just read as slutty. Okay. That's her whole character. All right. That is well, her only character trait. To me, she reads escorty, but I, I'm I'm willing to believe that that's just wrong because she she plays as slutty all the way throughout it instead, which is the, the the archetype they're trying to give her. So, but here's here's the thing: I don't mind people who are slutty. Yeah. This is a scene where Gary Oldman loses points with me because she he comes over and she's like, "Oh look, I set my bed up so it's like a sex den," and he's like, "Oh you." You probably had a bunch of men in that bed, and it's like, yeah, so and we're what? not together. I'm an adult. What the fuck? Hey, my vagina works as it turns out. <laughs> and she's like, oh yeah, I've got some guy who's sleeping here, and you know, I'll occasionally throw him a pity fuck, and yeah, that's what we're doing. So it turns out that she doesn't have that. She has a full-grown man security guard type, not little, who is very weird and has a weird accent and is mean. Man, the fucking accents in this movie. Everyone. Everyone is doing something weird. Yeah, there's everyone's putting on a show. So here's there are two types of actors in this movie. There are people who are playing to the back nines with ridiculous accents, and then there are little people actors uh, who are all just patiently and friendly ex- uh, or politely explaining what it is to be a little person. Yeah. So every time you go and hang around with like uh, McConaughey's dad or brother-in-law or anything like that, it's always these people who are like, so anyway, the important thing about being a little person is that you still do get some joy out of life. Yes, there can be pain and tribulations, but ultimately, we're alive and we enjoy it, and isn't that what matters? And then it cuts back to Gary Oldman. Well, now, y'all, you look like a hooker, yeah, wow. No, get on that, down, getting left turn, left turn. <laughs> Just, what the hell? So, so it's like half infomercial, half soap opera. 
Yeah. The, I mean, the weird thing is it feels like someone made this movie and the only reason they made it was they were like, what I want to do is like get the word out about like dwarfism and, you know, the problems that can come along with that, but also that it isn't like a life ending disease or anything and that you can go ahead and live a full life with it. Also, though, I don't want to hire one as the main character. Yeah, because Gary Oldman was available. And man, I sure love that Jean-Baptiste Emmanuel Zorg. Do you feel me, huh? 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 You got me on that? Oh, man, that was some great stuff. Remember Scarlet Letter when you got to see his wing dong? That kind of looked like a little person, so maybe we give him the job. (laughs) Get to see his uh, wing dings, you know. Yeah, you know that movie where Gary Oldman hangs dong? (laughs) Hung dong. (laughs) Anyway... He gets beat up by this random security man, and then uh, the woman who at the house hits him in the back of the head with an air conditioner, uh, the security guard, and then Gary Oldman leaves there, too. Yeah. Uh, Finn. Meanwhile, our main characters, or, or I guess they call them main characters, but uh, Kate Beckinsale and Matthew McConaughey have discovered that they are pregnant. Yeah, like they're they're in bed, and she's like, oh, I've, I've got something to tell you. I'm pregnant. And he kind of freaks out a little. He's like, uh the fuck yeah and he he immediately reveals that he is freaked out by the concept of pregnancy because he is from a family of all dwarves and so well he doesn't reveal that then no he doesn't reveal it but we know he's from a family of all dwarves and so his kind of personal reticence is because he's worried that his child might be a dwarf yeah uh so at this point he just stomps off and and is mean to his as it turns out, recruits at a firefighting training camp because he is a firefighter trainer by trade. Yeah, so he's just yelling at them and being an asshole. Yeah, and some other random woman pops in. She's in two scenes in the movie. She pops in and she's like, you're being an asshole to them. And he's like, oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Again, just nothing. Nothing matters here. Nothing. nothing it's it's just, just boring scenes of people being like, hey, don't, don't do that. The acting in this, let me just say, is awful across the board you're either like we said you're either doing a a weird accent and just playing to the back row yeah you are just trying to stuff as much scenery into your maw as you can or like mcconaughey and beckinsale in this are both just delivering complete deadpan yeah they're just like oh well i think that we should do this they're very flat don't you understand that's not a thing i want yeah there's one scene where where uh mcconaughey gets to raise his voice and shout and you know, admit it. He's a dwarf. You got to say it. Like, but mostly the two of them are just having flat deadpan conversations. And then Oldman and, and Dinklage are playing to the back row of a circus. Yeah. And then all the little people are just hanging kinda, out, trying to give trying to decent give, information. Yeah. Trying to tr- carry across important information to the people. Uh, so, fuck. Uh, okay. What happens now? Oldman shows up at, uh, at, at McConaughey's house. Yeah. Which he is off. His training is somewhere else. Yeah. So he's not at home for like a week. Yeah. But Oldman's like, I've got nowhere else to be since I don't want to be in a hotel with the guy I rode 400 miles here and normally live with. And I don't have a place to stay with my ex because uh, her boyfriend, I just like had get beat up in the house. It seems potentially dangerous and violent for me to be there. Plus, I got in a big old shouting match with the girl with the ex-girlfriend. So, so he showed up there to be like, oh, I'll try and stay with my brother, but it's just Kate Beckinsale. Yeah, and she at first is completely freaked out, and and then, you the know. The thing is, that would be normally your your main conflict here. Mm-hmm. would be like, your your normal 
through line would be, oh, Kate Beckinsale's having a baby and is freaked out. Matthew McConaughey probably is like, it's okay. I've literally spent my entire life growing up with them. I know that this is just like a thing Mm -hmm. and not have an issue with it. But she gets over the whole fear of having like a baby with dwarfism immediately. Well, yeah, because they play a motherhood thing real strong on her. We're, We're in the first three days of her being pregnant. She's like, you owed me this information. And then she turns into, you know. She even has a line in this where she's like, I'm not one of those crazy anti-abortion people, but I am 100% keeping this baby for sure forever. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's just, oh, I don't, I don't know. That might be weird having a baby that's a little person, and then the, she, like, talks to fucking, like, two people and goes, oh, no, I'm fine with it now. Yeah, and one of them is, I mean, she talks to McConaughey, and McConaughey is like, Look, the reason I'm worried about it is because it sucks to be a little person, especially as an infant. You need a bunch of surgeries. There's a shitload of health problems that will come along with that. There's pain. Yeah, you're mostly just in pain until you finally kind of all your nerves deaden and your organs stop get squished. Yeah. And he's like, I just, I don't know if I want that for my kid. I've always kind of thought of myself as adopting because I have those genes. And she's like, she's like, well, that's stupid. It was weird because... You know, he, she's kind of, it, it ends up being that she's sort of dragging him into it. Yes. Which is a real weird message. It's it's weird because when we first get him and he's at the convention and everything, it's not like he has any sort of problem with anyone. He's not like, oh man, I'm ashamed of, you know, the family that I come from or I'm uncomfortable being around little people or anything like that. He is... Straight up, like, charismatic. He loves everyone who's there. Yeah. He cares for his brother. But then all of a sudden, having the fact that, like, his baby is going to have dwarfism, he's like, oh, I'm so crazy. Oh, boy. So uh, there's a scene where she goes to confront him, and she keeps saying, you never told me your whole family was midgets. And he's like, it's it's dwarf. You can't you can't don't say, say that. You can't say midget. And she's like, that's not fucking important. And it's like, well, no, it actually it is. <laughs> it, it, it is. It's very important to them, and if you're going to have a baby from that, it's very important to... And she's like, well, you're just changing the subject. He's like, well, fine, we'll talk about that. Anyway, your family is fucking midgets! And he's like, please, please stop doing that. At a certain point, we've established the word that you mean and the word that you, that you should be saying instead, and I think you should just skip the direct the direct noun and just say they instead, maybe. <laughs> and she's like, midget! And he's like, okay, I, I at this point, I think you're just doing it to needle me. Yeah, it's... It's so weird because the first half of the movie does set up the like, oh, she's going to be like awful about this. McConaughey is going to be the one with the cool head. And then it just completely it flips drops that, that script. immediately. Yeah, yeah. So, man, okay. There's a fucking party at uh, someone's house. But I, at first she goes to meet their family. Remember, she goes with Oldman alone. To oh, meet. yeah. Just her and Oldman go off to meet the family of, uh, of Oldman and, and McConaughey. And their dad is, like I said before, the guy from Twin Peaks, and he has three he has uh, three uh, dwarf girls that are there. I'm not sure if those are like uh, he had daughters. I think I think they're grandkids or something. I think they're grandkids from that brother character. The brother character is another little person character in the movie that's not that important. His wife is played by Bridget the, the midget from uh, from Porn. Yep. Um, and they have three kids as well. I think I think he's the third brother, and he's just he's not as important. He. He ends up getting in a big fight at one point with... Uh, Honestly, most people aren't important in this. Yeah, he gets like, in a fight with Dinklage at one point. Yeah, the, like, outside of Oldman, Dinklage, Beckinsale, and McConaughey, no one matters in this because they'll have a couple lines and maybe a couple scenes. Yeah. But they don't 
really affect anything. Yeah, but this is this scene's important when she goes to meet the family because this is the one where she suddenly turns around and is very much on board with having the baby. She's like, I love all these little people. I love it. Everything's great now. And then, like, as if there were only a finite amount of the resource of being able to be okay with little people, McConaughey immediately is like, no, no, having this baby is wrong. It's a wrong idea. <laughs> I, so... Now, yes, he, she calls him and she's like, I'm keeping the baby. And he's off somewhere in the middle of the night sitting on train tracks or something. Yeah. And he responds by throwing his cell phone as far as he can. And then random women come up behind him. One of them is that woman who told him he was an asshole earlier. And he's like, hey, y'all want to go to a party with my wife? And I'm like, why is he inviting them to the party? Yeah. At first, I thought it was going to be a play. Like, he was going to use her, the, the woman he works with, to, like, get himself broken up with Kate Beckinsale or something. But that's it's just nothing. It's just, hey, you want to go to a party? Yes, I do. Okay, you're also in the next scene. Moving yeah. on. And then you disappear. Like yeah. like I said, there's a lot of characters in this that just don't matter. They'll show up and be like, and I'm gone. It's such a weird moment for him to be like, hey, do you want to go to a party? Like, right after he's just had some dramatic emotional moment where he throws his cell phone and he's oh, yeah. you, ringing you his head. You think this is setting up a cheating scene or yeah, something? Yeah, something, but it's just nothing. He brings her to the party. She sees David Allen Greer, establishes for the movie that David Allen Greer is famous, and runs off to get his autograph. And that's the last we ever see of her. Yep. And the uh, the party itself is mostly an excuse for Dinklage to yell about communism and get thrown out. Yeah, yeah, he has to get, he has to, no, his scene is there for Gary Oldman to demonstrate value. Ah. That's what it is. Because this movie, this whole movie is setting you up to fall in love with Gary Oldman, the brusque uh, little person character. Because Dinklage is being too mad and violent and aggressive about his methods. He's like, the only way we'll ever get people to react appropriately to little people is to cause violence. Yeah, we gotta just beat them. We can't pretend we're all cute and cuddly and elves and whatnot. We gotta get in their faces. I'm like... Uh, okay. What? Yeah, you know, it's... All right. I guess it's an ethos. And, you know, the the brother who he's arguing with is like, dude, our entire foundation is about fighting the stereotype that you are so pissed off about. What the fuck is wrong with you? And then he just goes off on like, capitalists, man. You're like, okay, great. Yeah, and Oldman throws him up against a wall and is like, you'll shut the fuck up. Hey, man, you yeah. gotta shut the fuck up. Yeah, man, or I'll, I'll throw you on out of here. Come on, man. And then the two of them leave, and then Oldman goes off to look for his girl, his ex-girlfriend, who he came to the party with, and she is getting railed by Dave and Alan Greer. Yep. In uh, a room that is... Open to the public. It is just all windows. It is a zoo that, that they are doing it in. This isn't like, oh, man, I walked into some bedroom because I was going to go use like the bathroom in it or something like that, and I found them. No, no. They're like on a pool table in the middle of a room that has all windows pointing to the outer deck of this house where everyone is. This is the driveway scene from Boogie Nights. <laughs> yeah, this is just like, oh, you guys decided to put on a show. Good job. Ah, everybody, look at that. It's it's a famous actor, uh, David Allen Greer, having sex with that woman. Yeah, and no one knew about it. Like, everyone reacts like, oh my goodness, they're having sexual relations. I'm like, dude... You have been watching this for the past 10 minutes. Do not lie. Yeah, this, this is ridiculous of you. They are in a glass room with open sides everywhere around it. Yeah. This has just been a big old show. <laughs> so Gary Oldman stomps off and he's angry and everyone's looking for everyone else. And McConaughey's like, hey, man, why don't you just come on home with me to his brother, Gary Oldman? Yeah. You can skip all this. It's one of those nice McConaughey moments. Get used to, or Don't get used to those because they're almost done. 
Yeah, we're we're just about to the point where McConaughey is going to go full crazy. He's going to flip and become the villain of the film. Yeah, because we needed him to do that, and so for no reason he will. Yes. So he's nice, and Gary Oldman comes home with them, and then some time passes, and uh, the baby is born. And wouldn't you know it, the baby is indeed a little person baby, and has all kinds of issues, and will need lots of surgery and therapy and uh, and so on. And the, uh, the Kate Beckinsale is perfectly fine. She's like, yes, I understand, Doctor. We will be, we will do a good job with this baby. Yes, I, I, I understand. We will come back. We will get whatever shots and things that need to have happen. Because she's doing the flat affect thing. She's doing the, I'm the mother of a little person. A little person will require the following special care. Yeah, and she's like, that is fine. I will do that in order to make sure that he has the best chance at life. And McConaughey goes bonkers. He punches a hole through a door like he's in the hospital. Like, no! No, fucking, oh, this is the worst. We've Ah. done, we've made a mistake. And and I'm like, dude, when you found out, like, the the point of time between when we sort of cut to this Mm -hmm. is like, she has been pregnant for maybe a couple months. Yeah. So you've had. Another six months or so. So many months of knowing whether or not your baby was going to be a little person because they will do a test and go. Oh yeah, no. Uh, that this is what's happening. I just remembered a scene that we probably ought to cover because they get married in the those those ensuing six months. Oh yeah, that's true. Because she's super pregnant when they get married, and so they get married in some park, and all the little people family is there, and for some reason, uh, Dinklage and Patricia Arquette, who are still together in defiance of of common sense and God, <laughs> uh, are nearby on a picnic blanket. Yeah, like, like oh. Statler and Waldorfing the wedding. Like they weren't invited, but they just sort of showed up to watch. I sw- I swear it's the reason for a lot of the scenes with Dinklage being a far away is because he was only in this movie for like the last ten minutes. Ugh. So half the scenes he should have been in, they'd already filmed before they hired him. So they're like they just cut to him on a picnic table near or a picnic blanket nearby, going like, "Eh, the institution of marriage is stupid." <laughs> uh, the. And it's the first thing we get where she, like, goes and runs and hugs uh, Oldman and is like, oh, thank you so much. This has been great with you around. Yeah, yeah. if it wasn't for you, then this marriage never could have happened and, and you've made you've done a huge thing. And he's like, I ain't done shit. And she's like, no, you've done a lot. And then she kisses him full on the mouth. <laughs> no, she doesn't. Yes, she does. No, she doesn't. Yes, she does. Watch it again. Watch no. the whole movie again, John. Watch the whole movie. You gotta watch the whole movie or it won't make sense when you see her kiss him full <laughs> on the mouth. I mean, she's got her mouth closed and so does he, but it is a straight up on the mouth kiss. It is not. She's given she's given Commissioner Gordon a big slapper on the lips. <laughs> That's what's I'm happening. i to give you a big slapper on the lips. Eh? <laughs> so, anyway. So yeah, they have the baby and McConaughey... Freaks out like as if he hasn't known this information for the past like four or five months. He also has like no fatherhood instinct because he sees his baby and he's just like, damn it. No, that's a terrible thing. Oh, the baby. We got to throw this one to the wolves. This one will never be one of the 300 Spartans. (laughs) Yeah, let me just go find a cliff somewhere and toss him off. (laughs) Down there, he can fight one giant wolf cat or something. (laughs) And if he comes back, then indeed he shall rule us. I, uh, unfortunately, he was taken in by the Persians. Oh, no. <laughs> he couldn't lift his shield arm high enough. <laughs> I, so he has like zero father interest. And so after that, we cut to the first scene in the entire film where Kate, Be- Kate Beckinsale is not dressed 
like she's a background onion character from Parappa the Rapper. <laughs> I can I can keep doing these forever, John. Yeah. 2004 was occurring real hard in her closet. Yes, it was. <laughs> she had Man, she had some problems with that. She looked like the lead singer of Aqua. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, or like she belonged in the Venga Boys or something. One of those, some techno band. So, anyway, now she's got the baby, but she's dressed like a, like a nurse. And the baby is crying and crying and crying. And McConaughey comes in, he's like, you know why that baby's crying, don't you? Because he's a fucking dwarf. And you won't even say it. You won't say dwarf. Say it. Say dwarf. I'm a dwarf. Uh, and then they get divorced. Or not divorced, they separate. Yeah. And they separate by, and this is one of my the, the incongruous things in this film. She just goes driving off to a cabin in the woods that belongs to McConaughey's parents, where uh, Gary Oldman, uh, whose character by the name is named Rolf, 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 uh, where uh, Rolf and Peter Dinklage and Patricia Alquette, Arquette all live. Yeah. So that means, man, this fucking like there's a lot relationship of relationship between Dinklage and Arquette has been going on for like a year and a half. Ever, man. It's yeah. crazy. For a long, long time, these two have been together. And But here's the thing that gets me. The people in this movie all live in L.A. in giant mansions. Yes. And one of them is a trainer of firefighters. One of them is a painter. And she only mentions her painting is able to pay the bills. And then, like, uh, Rolf is, like, a, a novelist, but he also mostly writes for, like, syndicated columns and stuff. So he, they mentioned he, he has a column in a, in a newspaper called The San Diegan. Yes. Uh, which is not a real newspaper, as far as I'm aware. <laughs> as far but, as I'm aware, living in San Diego. Yeah, we pretty much have the Union Tribune here, and it's it's crap, but but it, it certainly doesn't have any Gary Oldman articles in it. I would I would know. Because <laughs> God knows. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, God, he just has a giant cabin. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it is ridiculously huge. It is a cabin that would basically fit, like, a family of 12. Yeah. And it's not, you know, we complain about Hollywood wealth porn movies all the time your your fast and furiouses and so on where everyone just lives wherever the fuck they want and they all have all these fancy cars everywhere in the world and whatever but this movie was supposed to be a little more relatable because it's like a relationship family drama yeah but it's not they all live in giant super castles yep and, and they they have fake made-up jobs and god i don't i i just did not like the end of this of just like oh, i'm gonna show up with my baby here with Gary Oldman, and we're just going to telegraph what's going on with Oldman here. Yeah. It's just like, hey, did you know that Oldman is the real, true, like, protagonist of this movie? He's the good twin. Yeah. McConaughey's the bad twin. McConaughey got all the recessive genes. <laughs> yeah, so you already know what's going to happen. She, st- she shows up. Gold- Oldman's just like, oh, you can stay here as long as you want. And then she hangs out with them for a while. Uh, Dinklage and Patricia Arquette have a fight and leave. And then McConaughey shows up to try and get uh, Beckinsale back. And he's just like, "Hey, y'all, you should come back because I'm I'm gonna be good. I'm gonna I'm gonna take care of that baby." <laughs> and, and, and she's just like, uh, "No, because because you didn't you, want you need to go to therapy because you've got a a problem with having a kid that's a, a little person." And he's like. Uh no no I'm trying I'm I'm trying to work on it. she's like no so that's the end of that he leaves he tells Gary Oldman Gary Oldman has the one line in this movie that resonated with me because when McConaughey comes up he can't bring himself to address McConaughey Oldman can't 
So McConaughey just stalks past him and goes and gets in a fight with Beckinsale and says goodbye to the baby. And while he's saying goodbye to the baby, Oldman walks up and just goes, are you mad at me? Like, just like that. Just, are you mad at me? Like, like I, you're my brother and I love you and I trust you and everything. And I feel like this is damaging our relationship that your girlfriend's staying in my, or your wife is staying in my house. Yeah. And it's a very, it's got a lot of pathos to the line. It's like the only line in the movie I liked. <laughs> um, and he just goes, no, I'm not mad at you. You're my brother. Hey, do me a favor. Love my son. And then he just leaves. Yeah. And we get to the end of the movie, which you know what's going to happen here. What's amazing is just that it's the end of the movie. Oh, it is so abrupt. Because up until this point, you've had a lot of places where... The movie could have ended. Yeah, you could have ended the movie. Yeah, but the, the wedding would have been a perfectly fine spot to end the movie. Yeah, the the fact that it ends with the two of them sort of sitting outside, looking up at the stars, and then Kate Beckinsale just turns to Oldman and is like, you can kiss me, you know, cut to credits immediately. And I'm like... What? Well, no, first he has to lean in and give her a big old slapper on the mouth. <laughs> and, and I feel like it's weird that you're missing those. It's like you have some kind of kiss blindness or something. Also, there's a scene where he, he proves that he's the better brother because she is asleep and the baby is asleep. And they're in their bedroom with the door closed. And he opens the door without knocking, walks in, takes the baby, and wanders off. <laughs> and she comes downstairs to Oldman holding a perfectly fine baby and she's just like, why did you take that baby? He's like, well, I felt like you needed a break. And her response isn't, well, the baby was sleeping for once, and so was I, and don't steal my baby. <laughs> Please don't steal my baby. Instead, she's like, oh, a real man. A real man would steal my baby. <laughs> and just and just uh, goes off back to bed. What the fuck is this? Look, real men steal babies. Real men wait till babies are doing fine and then steal them so they could get bonus points. Yeah, get that baby bonus point. Yeah, so then the two of them, he, he goes up there and she's like, I'm sad because because uh, I don't think Matthew McConaughey is going to come back. And he's like, well, why don't y'all come on down for a walk with me now, down y'all. <laughs> he's not that bad. I'm having fun. Yeah. <laughs> they go for a walk into the woods and she goes, wow, look at the stars. They're beautiful. And I guess he's kind of like, oh, I hadn't thought to look at the stars yet, even though we're outside at night in the mountains. And I live here. And I live here. And I, wow, you're right. They are beautiful. Anyway, and she goes, Rolf. You can kiss me if you want. And then he leans in for a kiss. Credits. Yeah. A big old slapper on the mouth. <laughs> his, his, this movie is a big old slapper on the that's mouth. That's two of them for him in this movie, by the way, because she kisses him full on in the mouth during the <laughs> wedding scene. Oh, man. I don't know why you are obsessed with having this. Is this is this so it fits with your fic? Uh, no, it's because it's accurate. Thank you for that. I mean, my fic is important. It is fic, important to me. In my fic, Gary Oldman also gets a big old slapper on the mouth from Granddad Burl Thrawn. <laughs> and the Star War. Because yeah, Granddad Burl Thrawn shows up and he's like, I can tell from looking at this woman's art that she is weak-willed and stupid. Now then, kiss of me. Give, <laughs> give of me your deepest kisses, Gary Oldman, on your knees. <laughs> now, Gary Oldman, you shall come here and place upon my mouth a slapper. The tenderest of fine slappers. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Oldman moved with the grace of a jungle cat. <laughs> and the tenderness of a jungle slapper. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. The jungle slapper. <laughs> Man, sometimes those jungles need to be put in their place, you know? Them jungle slappers. <laughs> so... So that's the end of this stupid movie. It just ends. We get no resolution on what actually happens. I mean, you assume that she's going to, I don't know, get divorced and marry Gary Oldman or something, but you get no resolution. Yeah, no resolution whatsoever. Uh, and it ends the way it begins with some farty, slappity bass blues rock for some reason. Yeah. 
It's it, it's like the bad parts of Radar Love is the music that this movie used for most of its scenes. Uh, yeah, that this, kind of music. It is the kind of music where someone is in the background going, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Yeah, that's, that is the it, type of music you're getting here. In the, at the beginning and the end. <laughs> the rest of the movie is soap opera piano. Oh, yeah, like someone just walks into the room and it's like, Ding ding, ding 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 and she's like I'm keeping the baby ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Dios mio <laughs> uh, Mi corazón <laughs> Yes yes it is Spanish soap operas <laughs> Please Mexican soap operas No Spanish <laughs> Spanish language soap operas No no it's from Spain It's Spain to it's Catalan Spanish soap operas Yeah I don't speak Catalan Spanish, though, John. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. I Our can't bit. Make, I can't make fun of those. The bit. What will happen to it? <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, Jeff, why don't you go ahead and tell me what was the best thing in the movie for you? For, for Christ's sake. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say the little people that are not involved with the plot. <laughs> <laughs> Just other people. Oh, except for Peter Dinklage. So oh, Dinklage. The, the non-Peter Dinklage little people that are not directly involved with the plot in this movie are all charming and funny. Oh, there's also a scene I kind of I, I, I like in sort of a slapstick way, which we didn't even talk about. It's the scene where uh, the family goes to, the two sets of parents meet between Beckinsale and, and oh, uh, yes. McConaughey. So we got these stiff, upper-crust, waspy family parents that are uh, Beckinsale's folks in their only scene in the film, and they have to meet the guy from Twin Peaks and his little person wife. And uh, it, they're like, we have we have to address the elephant in the room. We I, I feel like we have to say this. Uh, we're, we're Jewish, and we would appreciate it if we could have a Jewish wedding. <laughs> and it was it was a cute moment where the whole family, where Beckinsale was like, please do not talk about about little people in front of this very nice family. Please don't, don't please don't fuck this don't, up. Please, what the fuck? Please don't. And they're like, we want you to have a Jewish wedding, and and they're all like, yeah. Was like, ha 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 ha. We thought you were gonna be horrible. Uh, we thought we fig- we figured rightly that you were gonna be upper crust racists or, or whatever uh, you would call. I guess what, bigots. Bigots. Thank you. There's there the word are. I needed. That's nice because it has big in it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I liked that scene, and I liked all the scenes of like little people just being like, "Hey, so you know, our, our lives aren't that bad, and we, you know, we're, we're we're successful, and we we have gatherings and stuff, and for some reason, Gary Oldman plays one of us. I'm not sure what that's about. <laughs> so I liked that. I liked the stuff that was like informative. Well, uh, the roles that were given to actual little people in this movie were usually pretty good. Okay, so there you go. What about you? Uh Man, I don't even... God. Uh, Let's go ahead and say the best thing in this movie for me was finally when McConaughey was able to just start yelling, because I was like, man, at least something's happening. Yeah, because a lot of this movie is just nothing happening. It's just ridiculous light fluff that just floats along. Yeah, I think what I'm saying when I like the, the roles for little people in this movie, what I mean is they weren't visions or dream sequences or... Like Santa's, Santa's elves, yeah, they didn't have to do any of that. They were like, "No, we have houses and jobs and stuff." Yeah, and the 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 weirdest thing to me is you have Dinklage's character, whose whole thing is, "Oh man, we need to stop the stereotypes of uh, all the little people, and you know, we need to stop trying to be all like elves and funny and whatever." And I'm like, "Yeah, but that that's your role in this. Your role in this movie is to be the like." goofy slapstick like comedy relief guy right 
And it's just, I, I don't know if they were doing that on purpose or if the movie's just awful. It really and feels like... And hold on, wait, the movie's just awful. It really feels like Dinklage is in this movie, like, last minute. Like, oh my god, a little person got famous. Get him, get him, get him. Get him. I don't know when the station agent was made, but... Got him. <laughs> so, yeah. So your favorite thing is... Uh, is McConaughey being able to actually do something. M- McConaughey coming off the rails. Okay. Yeah. Okay, worst thing in the movie... Uh, Dinklage. Yeah. It's weird to have to say that because I love Peter Dinklage. Yeah. There are so many. uh, God, John, picture this for me. Picture if you will. Picture if you will. They have to make that second Spider-Man movie with uh, Tom Holland as Spider-Man at some point. Picture a Peter Dinklage, J. Jonah Jameson. (laughs) Do you love it immediately? Are you immediately on board? Because you should be. You should be because that would be fucking fantastic. Because that dude's got graphy talk coming out of his ears. But in this movie, he's playing an angry Marxist Pepe Le Pew for no reason. Yeah. He's just, every scene that he's in is just like, also, Peter Dinklage is there. And also, Dinklage shows up to go, oh, <laughs> ah, yes, marriage, the ultimate surrender. <laughs> just uh, so stereotypes. <laughs> yeah, just, just terrible. As a gift for your wedding, we have brought G's. Ah, uh, I see that you have a baby. I am sure it is full of ennui. <laughs> your wedding dress resembles a white stripe down your back. I will now pursue you for smooches. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, it's just, why are you, just turn it down. <laughs> just a smidge. Read the script, note two things. One, the main little person actor in this movie is Gary Oldman. Which I'm going to go ahead and take as my, yes, please my, do. my Fire- least will be Gary Oldman. Yeah. And then, holy shit. Yeah, please finish it off. Finish it off. Like, oh my God. The, they have employed so many little people actors. Yeah. Like, good ones. A ton of them. And, like, not only ones with speaking parts, you got a ton in the background that you can see. Like, they're all over the place. And they still were like, nah, man, Gary Oldman on his knees. That's what we're going with. I'm like, for a movie that is sub- basically only exists to be. A PSA about dwarfism. The fact that they were like, also, here's here's a guy who doesn't have it pretending. Yeah, no. You you were saying earlier that this movie isn't as bad as Soul Man. What I'm saying is this is basically if if uh, C. Thomas Howell from Soul Man had been the main character in Don't Be a Menace. <laughs> Just like, or or I don't know, do the right thing. Actually, it'd probably be a better choice for that. It's like a strong movie about black issues with a lot of good black actors. Also, the main character, white guy in blackface. Why not? <laughs> we just couldn't find a black actor that could do the job. Yeah, we just had to do it. So this movie's basically saying, all the way through the film, we couldn't find a little person in this movie full of little people. So here's Gary Oldman. Yep. Oh, God, that is so annoying to me. It just, every time he was on screen and it was very obvious that he was waddling around on his knees, I was like, motherfucker right it's one of those things where at least in this movie in this one time everyone in the world realized it once no don't do that and it didn't happen again because like for example the amount of times that we've had to see movies about like like oh powerful evocative emotional movies about the difficult difficulty of being a transgendered person starring a straight white male actor yeah like there are transgendered actors you could get one just just don't do and this. And they they just keep happening. There's one right now on t- on uh, that uh, Hulu or Amazon Prime that's one with uh, it's a, it's a series and it stars what's his face? Yeah, transparent. Yeah, transparent. Thank you. 
Like, and even he's like, I shouldn't be playing this role. Yeah, I don't know why they they gave this to me. Yeah, this uh, there should there's probably an old transgender person who could play this role. But I want he's actually said, I wish I was the last person to do this. Huh? <laughs> Which is like, well, stop. <laughs> yeah. Like, so at least this one time that Hollywood rose or the rest of the world rose up and was like, no, if your movie stars a little person, you have to cast one. <laughs> well, it's because at this point we've got Dinklage, and they're like, oh, did we need anyone who's a little person? Well, just grab Dinklage for it. Except I'm sure he's starting to turn those down. Oh, yeah. I have to imagine he's like, no. How, do you think he's no. already been contacted and turned down Puck from Alpha Flight? Oh, I have to assume if they were ever going to do it, then yeah. Uh, it, he's already been in the X-Men movies as Boulevard Trask, so. Yeah. Oh, man. So now, sure what that... they need to do is get Gary Oldman as Puck. <laughs> and then have him do a scene together. Because... <laughs> Because that's what the world is missing. That's what we were missing. I'm, I'm willing to bet that he's Boulevard Trask as the direct result of a phone call to ask him to be Puck. Huh. They were like, hey man, we're going to finally do Alpha Flight stuff. It's very progressive because one of them is gay. But anyway, one of them is, is a dwarf, so we need a dwarf actor. And he was like, no, but I'll, do, I'll play a human or something. I'll play some random guy. I'll play a guy. And they're like, uh, okay, well... I, we I, do want you in a movie. We do. I guess we could fire the random nobody we had playing Boulevard Tracks because he's not the villain of the movie because Magneto's in it. <laughs> it's just, it's just. Please be in our movie. You can just be the latest person in a movie that turns out to be a movie about Magneto having fights with Mystique. <laughs> so, <laughs> this movie. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was going to uh, go off on X Men. Uh, rating one to five, we are each going to give that. That'll give us our rating out of ten. Jeff, one and a half. Uh, one and a half because it's uh, like in the entirety of my ninety percent. My my one and a half is for people who are not the main characters and have nothing to do with the story. The stuff in the sidelines about like little people having good lives and enjoying themselves was good stuff. So yeah, a one and one half. And from you, sir. Uh, you know, fuck. I'll give it a one and a half. I mean, at least. The parts that were bad acting were amusingly bad, like the Dinklage stuff, the Oldman stuff. It was bad enough, but it was also like, oh, yeah, okay, you've gone so over the top that at least something's happening. Considering the movie's plot was so Just plotting and boring. nonsense. It really feels like they originally wrote it for a TV show and were told it was a movie. Yeah, it's just like... Like, nothing really happens that I give a fuck about in this movie, and so anytime at least something with, like, oh, yeah, here's Dinklage, and he's going nuts with his weird French communism thing, I'm like, well, at least something's happening. Yeah. Based on Kate Beckinsale's outfit, it's like the 1980s prostitute of a powerful Japanese businessman gets to have a baby. That's That's the theme of the movie. Yeah, it's just bleh. So, I'll give it a one and a half. The half is essentially just the people playing to the back row yeah yeah and for me it was like oh wow a movie actually about like little people issues that's actually sort of an interesting idea so here's a half a point yeah that was that was my one because otherwise it was just garbage yes so there you go learn to say no buddy (laughs) three a three out of ten for tiptoes there it is Oh, God. So, (laughs) thank you so much for listening to our review. We will, of course, be back in a couple weeks with another movie mastery. Uh, We'll be, at this point, it's pretty much decided. We'll be doing Baywatch. The poll is up on the site. You can still change that, but 
good lord, it is winning by a country mile. Yeah, it's definitely Baywatch, which is why this episode wasn't a In Theaters Now episode, because it's not out yet. Yeah, Baywatch doesn't come out for another couple weeks, so it'll just be our next episode. Yep, so, that, so look forward to that. Yep, and then, uh, of course, if you want to support us, we've got our Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash systemmastery. You can donate some money there. Helps us do what we do. Covers all the uh, random crap that we have to get, like, you know, purchasing movies about little people with Gary Oldman so we can watch it. Yeah, most of these at this point, the way I get them is I just buy them on our, my Amazon Prime thing and then put them on the watch list, which turned my watch list into straight up just purgatory. Oh, God. It's a terrifying place. Looking at the fucking Amazon watch list, it just seems like you should get a pop-up like, hey, man, are you okay? Yeah, it should have triggered a home visit by now. I'm a little... <laughs> I'm, I'm considering complaining to Amazon customer service that they haven't sent, like, helpful people and therapists to my house. Like, hey, buddy, you seem to keep buying the worst possible movies. Well, it's like, to just start making suggestions like, based on what you've watched, we suggest you see Coping with Depression. <laughs> I figured for a while they just keep suggesting terrible movies, like, oh, based on the fact that you watched uh, Master of Disguise, we suggest you watch The Love Guru. Oh my god. How about watching Trolls 2? You actually took our dumb suggestion. We suggest you see Dr. Pilsner. What? <laughs> Pilsner beer? No, it was just the first word that came into your head. <laughs> Dr. Pilsner. <laughs> Whatever. It's it could be a doctor named Pilsner. Yeah, sure. Why not? We'll just change it to Pilner. There we go. That's fine. Dr. Pilsner's Wonder Megorium. <laughs> the Wonder Megorium of Dr. Pilsnorium. <laughs> I'm glad no one's made us watch that yet. Yeah, well, I've already seen it. Oh, how is it? Oh, it's meh. All right. It's it's a little trippy, but mostly just sort of like, eh. Okay, fair enough. So, yeah, uh, so you can support us on Patreon. You can listen to any of our other I podcasts. Gonna, I was getting mixed up with the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. Yeah. Which is not great. It's it's sad, because it's like Heath Ledger's last role or whatever. Yes, it is. it is a sad movie. Yeah. Too much Johnny Deppin' around. However, the Emporium of Megorium or whatever the fuck that thing Mr. is. Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium. There we go. <laughs> Mr. Mistopheles' Wonder Macopheles. <laughs> Mr. Magoo's Wonderful Spoo. <laughs> so, so, uh, ew. <laughs> Nasty. Oh my, I don't even remember that happening. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you got a little on your face. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> So, <laughs> was that an impression of Mr. Magoo? That sounded like an impression of Madam. <laughs> Madam? <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, you can listen to our other stuff. Uh, sure. It's full of just as many tangents and dumb bullshit as this. <laughs> uh, so, go ahead, go to our website, uh, systemmasterypodcast.com. You'll find all of our stuff there. And you can follow us on Twitter. We make a bunch of stupid crap on that. Sure do. Uh, follow us on Facebook. Uh, any of those. If you don't have our RSS feed, uh, then, you know, Facebook or Twitter is good just because we'll post it there so you can always get up-to-the-date updates on your updating. Mm -hmm. All right, Sean. I guess we're pretty much all done, although I do have one last thing for you. Oh, God. And that is a circle jerk question. <laughs> circle jerk questions? <laughs> It's time for a circle jerk question. Uh, if only you were following us on Twitter, then you would know why we're doing this. <laughs> you would know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> would you rather watch a circle jerk featuring the cast of this movie or the cast of, oh, I don't know, uh, Jurassic Park? <laughs> the first Jurassic Park. Yeah, the first Jurassic Park. Yeah. 
Okay, uh, fire away. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say Jurassic Park. Yeah? Uh, just so you know, the dinosaurs are included in the cast. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even just trying to watch a T-Rex jerk it is just going to be my day. Oh, that's going to be good times. <laughs> I assume like a nearby palm tree is involved or something. Like, <laughs> He's just got those grabber claws and he's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I just said, guys, can we move this? I, I really need something near me to rub on. That's, that's kind of my thing. Uh, I mean, like all T Rexes, I am completely addicked to Alley Frot. Nah, can man, we, he just like can we get on a subway? Turning to the other dinosaurs, little help, little help. Huh? <laughs> Don't uh, make this weird, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is already weird enough. All right, thank you so much for listening. We will see you in a couple weeks, but until then, you have a good one.